0: Well, it's 13 April. It's Wednesday. I'm Charlie Garrett, and this is the CG Midweek Prophecy Report. Whiteness reviled. That and a lot of other things to go over on today's report. All right, from the Gateway Pundit... Voting in France is on Sunday. This is before the vote. No mail-in ballots, no dirty voting machines, only paper ballots, and everyone must show a voter ID. Hence, it was a very close vote. Marine Le Pen didn't win, but she also did not lose. They're going to have to have a runoff election. But It just shows you that if you have a paper trail that things will probably go better and if people aren't out there stuffing boxes and so on. I just thought it was uh, interesting that France can get it right but we can't. From Mail Online, Woke Chicago Church is fasting from whiteness for Lent by banning all hymns by Caucasian musicians pastor says our music will be drawn from the african-american spirituals tradition woohoo the first united church of oak park announced that for 2022 they will do a mix of giving something up and taking something on for lent the church said they would be fasting from whiteness by not using music written or composed by white people but focus on music from other cultures The churches even erected a sign to promote the 40-day religious observance, despite the church's lead pastor, John Edgerton, a complete loser, being white himself. Edgerton was arrested in Boston in 2017 for confronting former Senator Orrin Hatch about proposals to repeal the Affordable Care Act, which isn't so affordable after all, is it? This guy's just a diving board builder. He wants to have an extreme entrance into the Lake of Fire, so he's building his own special diving board for that one. From the Washington Beacon, exposed the Russian companies that will get billions from new Iran nuclear deal. I've talked about this before. Here's some more information on it. Several of Russia's top state-controlled nuclear companies stand to gain billions of dollars in revenue as part of a new nuclear accord with Iran that will waive sanctions on these firms so that they can build up Tehran's nuclear infrastructure. Russia's state-controlled Rosatom Energy Firm and at least four of its major subsidiaries will receive sanctions waivers under a new accord so that they can complete nuclear projects in Iran worth more than $10 billion, according to a 2019 document which details all the Russian entities involved in these projects. With the new nuclear accord being finalized, the Biden admin has repeatedly guaranteed Russia that it will not face sanctions for its work on Iranian nuclear sites, even as Moscow faces a barrage of international penalties for its unprovoked war in Ukraine. Already, the Biden admin renewed a series of sanctions waivers to permit Russia's nuclear work in Iran as a part of a package of concessions meant to entice both countries into signing a new accord the removal of nuclear sanctions on Iran, will hand Russia's Rosatom a financial lifeline, even as the U.S. and European nations seek to isolate Moscow for its ongoing assault in Ukraine. Republicans and Democrats are sounding the alarm on these concessions, criticizing the Biden admin for undermining its own pressure campaign on Moscow to ensure that a nuclear deal is linked. Critics of the deal have, in recent days, seized on the carve-outs for Russia, outlining how sanctions relief would turn Iran into a sanctions evasion hub for Putin. Zero hedge. Putin will collect a $321 billion windfall, partially thanks to sanctions. For all the hardships visited on consumers at home— and the financial chokehold put on the government from abroad, Bloomberg Economics expects Russia will earn nearly $321 billion from energy exports this year, an increase of more than a third from 2021. It's also on track for a record current account surplus that the Institute of International Finance says may reach as high as $240 billion. All 27 nations in the EU would have to agree to cut the energy flow from Russia, and that's not going to happen for obvious reasons. Note that there is no proposal to sanction Gazprom or Gazprom Bank, the Russian energy supplier and its bank. Germany would not agree to halt energy imports, nor would Hungary. I am unsure if any EU nation would in practice. Ain't going to happen. Oil price. Russia expects $9.6 billion windfall from high oil prices in April alone. Just in April. Breitbart. Breitbart Business Daily. The rumble and the ruble. How the West's sanctions on Russia strengthen the ruble. So what was the world's best performing currency of the past month? You guessed it, the Russian ruble. After plunging to 139 rubles to the dollar on March 7th, the ruble staged a dramatic comeback to around 80 rubles to the dollar. That's only slightly weaker than where it was for almost all of last year. The recovery is equally impressive when compared with the euro. At the end of February, it took 89 rubles to buy a euro. In early March, that climbed to around 145 rubles. Now it's down to 87.32. On Friday, the joke among foreign exchange traders was that the Russian central bank was going to have to cut interest rates to keep the ruble from getting too strong and making its exports too expensive. That's unlikely, but the point is important. The sanctions on Russia were intended to cripple its currency on the global market in order to weaken Vladimir Putin's economy. The recovery indicates that the sanctions, even as they have been strengthened both by official measures and private companies renouncing business ties with Russia, are not working as advertised. The biggest reason for this, of course, is natural gas. Russia began to demand recently that Europe pay for natural gas in rubles instead of euros. So far, only Hungary has announced its intent to comply with this, but it's far from clear that the rest of Europe will be able to hold out. That would create a demand for rubles, especially from places where most of the saving is in euros. So the euro will fall against the ruble. Since markets are anticipation engines, that has already begun in advance of European capitulation on the currency issue. Why does Russia want to be paid in rubles? The answer to that is complex. In the first place, the sanctions and private sector actions have cut Russia off from access to many of the things it could use euros or dollars for. Western countries froze Russia's foreign reserve holdings. We cut off Russia's access to imports from much of the world. Going even further, we made it incredibly difficult to obtain financing to make payments for Russian energy. In other words, we squeezed Russia's demand for euros and dollars by cutting off uses for dollars and squeezing the supply. Russia had little choice but to move to demand payment in its domestic currency. Russia is likely to demand ruble payments not only for natural gas sent to Europe, but also for oil and food commodities such as wheat and corn. Now I want you to know that none of this was unknown to Biden and those that are working with him up in the U.S. government. They knew these things would come about and they knew that this would be something that would eventually cause Russia to take dominance over these particular things like natural gas and oil and so on being sold in rubles and not in dollars or euros. This will increase global demand for the ruble. In fact, it will strengthen both the hands of Russian financial institutions and ultimately Putin's government. Those buying commodities in rubles will have to turn to Russian banks for financing as Russian bank loans are the source of rubles and will seek to export more to Russia to obtain rubles. This will create an alternative to the euro dollar system for countries that either must be or decide to be closer to Russia and away from what we're calling the West again. That is likely to ultimately lead to strengthening demand for Russian government bonds from Russian banks and exporting countries. China, in particular, may find this especially helpful. It could even decide it wants to foster a ruble-backed alternative global currency system as part of a long-term strategy to supplant the United States. Certainly, China might decide to hold Russian bonds to diversify away from its U.S. Treasury holdings. This will not just be about financial flows. This will change real flows of goods and commodities. Shifting natural gas and oil flows from west to east, from Europe to China, will create competition for ships and likely drive up the price of shipping globally. Europe will be more reliant on oil from Saudi Arabia. The U.S. has almost no mechanism to ship oil to our east coast ports for export to Europe which will mean shipping through the Suez Canal. As Credit Suisse's Zoltan Pozar recently pointed out, the world is likely facing a severe shortage of vessels capable of moving oil cargo on long distances. As a choke point, Egypt could raise canal fees or even demand to be paid in rubles so that it can buy Russian wheat. What we have described here is the destruction of globalization and the fragmentation of the global economy into competitive but somewhat isolated trading groups. This will likely be uncomfortable for those who benefited the most from the system that had been in place, especially Western financial elites and corporations who became dependent on Chinese manufacturing. If China refocuses on either exports to Russia or its internal market, its demand for dollars and supply of goods to the U.S. will weaken. Jobs will have to be reshored, domestic factory production restarted, and domestic investment grown. So this could turn out to be a great time for American workers. Much of this has been brewing beneath the surface of world events for some time. The Russian invasion of Ukraine may turn out to be the catalyst that gets the engines of change running at higher gear. We'll have to see where that goes, but it's very interesting that. This is all happening, and it is definitely increasing the wealth and the power of Russia and China as we continue through this Ukraine war and the other things that are going on. From the Daily Exposé, record-breaking wave of COVID-19 across Australia sees deaths 1,700% higher than the start of the pandemic, and the fully vaccinated account for four in every five of them. Australia is currently recording a seven-day average of 72 COVID-19 deaths every day, 72 of them. But during the first wave of COVID-19 to hit the country back in March 2020, the seven-day average equated to no more than four deaths per day. Now, I want to ask you, which is higher, 72 or four? Meanwhile, official New South Wales government figure shows that throughout the whole of March, 2022, the vaccinated population accounted for over four in every five COVID-19 deaths. So why is it that the seven-day average number of COVID-19 deaths is currently 18 times higher two years on from the beginning of the pandemic? What is causing that? I wonder. lifesight frontline doctor says fetal deaths up nearly 2,000% since COVID jab rollout. In a frontline flash segment entitled Huge Preborn Death Spike, Dr. Peterson Pierre presented statistics showing that the rate of fetal death per vaccine administered in the United States had, in fact, massively increased since the COVID shots were made available. Pierre noted that, according to the CDC, since the COVID shot rollout, there have been 550 million shots administered and 3,725 fetal deaths. This means, he pointed out, that for every 147,651 shots, there has been one fetal death. He contrasted this with statistics from the period between 2006 and 2019. During this time, there were reportedly 4 billion shots administered and 1,369 fetal deaths, which equals to one fetal death for about every 3 million shots So, if you do the math, you realize that since the COVID shots have been available, there has been a 1,925% increase in fetal deaths. A stunning 23 of 32 pregnancies during which mothers received a Pfizer COVID shot resulted in spontaneous abortions, meaning miscarriages. According to Pfizer and the FDA's forced response to the Freedom of Information Act request, 32 is the number of pregnancies with known outcomes according to the reports given to Pfizer. Epic Times. Pfizer hired 600 employees due to large increase of adverse event reports says a the document. They had so many adverse events that they had to hire more people just to sort through them. I read another article which I can't confirm that it says that they were looking to hire another 1800 people. There's a lot of damage going on because of these vaccines, a lot. I would call it population reduction, and when you're killing babies and you're replacing them with Mexicans coming over the border and other South American people that haven't been vaccinated, you can see that things are going to change very quickly in the dynamics and the makeup of America. From the Gateway Pundit, a draw-dropping 769 athletes have collapsed while competing over the past year average age of players suffering cardiac arrest is just 23 years old over the past year plus athletes across the world have been dropping like flies as they compete in games if they aren't passed out cold they are seen gripping their chests in agony unable to breathe due to sudden cardiac events that hit in the heat of the competition this wave of heart issues is unprecedented to say the least Never before have we seen young, healthy, world-class athletes experiencing heart issues en masse like this. That has never happened. Ever. Furthermore, the timing of this sweeping phenomenon could not be more relevant, coinciding perfectly with the rollout of the experimental COVID-19 vaccines. In December, nearly 300 athletes reportedly collapsed or suffered cardiac arrests after taking the COVID vaccines. But it gets worse thanks to a new elusive report by OAN that pegs the number of affected athletes in the hundreds. In all, their investigation found a jaw-dropping 769 men and women who collapsed with heart issues during competition over the past year. That's between March 2021 and March 2022. Most shockingly, the average age of those who experienced full-blown cardiac arrest was just 23. USA Today. Speaker Pelosi, Senator Collins, test positive for COVID-19 as outbreak spreads among officials in D.C. Pelosi, who is asymptomatic, that's important, tested positive. She will quarantine, her spokesman announced. Breitbart. White House, Joe Biden kissing Nancy Pelosi, not considered close contact for coronavirus. Sounds like something is suspicious here. Zero Hedge. After China threatens forceful measures over Taiwan visit, Pelosi suddenly tests positive for COVID. Postponing trip. China got angry. They pretended that Pelosi got COVID so that she wouldn't go to Taiwan. Everything is resolved and she gets a vacation at home. Epic Times. Large Israeli study finds that protection against COVID-19 from fourth shot drops quickly. Now listen to how long this fourth shot lasts. Listen to this. Using Ministry of Health data on more than 1.2 million people, researchers found that a second booster dose of the BioNTech Pfizer vaccine offered protection against significant COVID-19 infections for six weeks. But protection against all virus infections started to drop quickly after four weeks and nearly disappeared after eight weeks. Weeks, according to the study which was published in the New England Journal of Medicine. They're giving these people these lethal shots. They are lasting two months at the very outside. That means every two months for the rest of your life, if you don't want to get COVID-19, you're going to get a shot. And eventually, you're just going to die from getting so many shots. This is literally crazy what is going on. From Fox, LA County votes to suspend official travel to Florida, Texas, over parental rights transgender laws. Good. Every single one of them is a Democrat. They and their money are unneeded in the state of Florida. Epic Times, Kentucky governor vetoes bill that would ban biological males from women's sports. Epic Times, Kentucky governor vetoes 15 week abortion ban. Fox, New Jersey to require second graders learn about gender identity in fall. Alarming parents. Breitbart, Republican state senator exposes radical sex ed curriculum. I truly think New Jersey has lost its dang mind. She didn't say dang. She said the other word, but I'm not going to say that. A Republican state senator in New Jersey is exposing the radical sex education plan for the state's public schools in the fall including promoting pornography as acceptable pastime. While some of the lessons I agree with, many are completely overboard with cringy detail for young kids, and some go so far as unnecessarily sexualizing children further. For me, the most outrageous part are teachers are instructed to promote a website, Amaze, and its YouTube channel to kids as young as nine for them to get additional information on sexual education. I encourage all parents to take a look and decide if this is something they deem appropriate for kids this age, she said. The material exposed includes a YouTube video on porn. Is it normal to watch porn? The narrator who sounds like a child says in the video, yes, it's normal. Lots of people watch porn. After all, it's right there and it's free. NorthJersey.com reported on sex curriculum, which goes into effect this upcoming fall. One example is what teachers are encouraged to tell their students before they finish second grade. You might feel like you're a boy, even if you have body parts that some people might tell you are girl parts. You might feel like you're a girl, even if you have body parts that some people might tell you are boy parts. And you might not feel like you're a boy or a girl, but you're a little bit of both. No matter how you feel, you're perfectly normal. By the end of fifth grade, students are expected to define the following terms, sex assigned at birth, gender identity, cisgender, transgender, gender non-binary, and transgender. It's all part of a lesson called thinking outside of the gender box. By the way, the baby making lesson for the third to fifth graders don't even mention women or female at all. One of the lessons she links to says discuss the range of ways people express their gender and how gender role stereotypes may limit behavior. NorthJersey.com reported that the sex ed curriculum was approved, stating the State Board of Education approved the standards for health and physical education in an eight to four vote. All eight of those people should be locked up in an insane asylum. All of them. Breitbart. Maryland teaches kindergartners sexuality and gender ideology. New York Post, Oklahoma lawmakers vote to ban abortion, imprison doctors. Good, finally, some good news for you. From Christian Headlines, Colorado governor signs bill declaring the unborn child does not have independent rights. Epic Times, new Alabama law bans gender transition drugs, surgeries, For minors, good. More good news. Alabama Governor Kay Ivey has signed measures into law that outlaw so-called puberty blocking drugs or hormones for children and prohibit some teachers from discussing gender identity and sexual orientation matters in school. The left are just a bunch of perverts. That's all that they have become in this nation. They're mental minuscules. It's very sad to see what's going on in this world, but at least there are some people pushing back on this insanity. Zero Hedge. Palm Springs moves forward with measure to provide universal basic income to low-income trans and non-binary residents. So we're going to pick out the mental minuscules of the society and we're going to give them extra money. Everybody else has to work to pay their own way, but these people get something for nothing. It looks like universal basic income could soon become a reality for some Americans. And those Americans are transgendered people living in Palm Springs, California. The city's town council voted to allocate $200,000 to Queer Works and DAP Health Two nonprofits to develop a pilot program that would provide cash to support transgender, non binary, and intersex residents in the form of cash payments. What's the matter with these people? It just goes on and on and on. It's like they just have this thing about sex and they just want to get it out into the society so that everybody is as depraved as they are. From the National File. K-3 SEL curriculum in Delaware County includes Jacob's New Dress. A Delaware County school district contains Jacob's New Dress, a story about a boy who wants to wear a dress to school. In its K-3 curriculum, the text was included as a part of the district's social-emotional learning curriculum, which teaches progressive social ideology on race and gender to K-3 students. Breitbart, Teacher tells kindergartners when babies are born, doctors guess whether the baby is a boy or a girl. A teacher at a Boston area charter school revealed to young children she identifies as a male and claimed that when babies are born, doctors can only guess if the baby is a boy or a girl, but sometimes the doctor is wrong. Salon. I do not like gay cookies. Conservatives vow to boycott Oreo over new ad. I didn't even know there was a thing with Oreo, but because there is, I'm done with Oreos. And I really like Oreos, so it's kind of too bad, but that's okay. I don't need to eat Oreos. Right wing talking heads Greg Kelly and Ben Shapiro vow to boycott gay cookies after Oreo releases LGBTQ film. Totally unnecessary. They're a cookie company. They should just make cookies and shut up. But instead, they're promoting this perversion, and they will not get my money any longer. Zero Hedge. Biden admin desperate for Canadian oil, but won't resurrect Keystone XL pipeline. No, can't do that because that would prove Trump right. Breitbart. Republicans warn of biggest migration crisis in U.S. history as Joe Biden nixes Title 42. Breitbart. Democrats blame GOP for planned Title 42 migrant wave. Oh yeah, it's the Republicans' fault. Newsmax, Representative Tiffany, U.S. borderless after Biden's deliberate acts. Breitbart, leaked DHS documents, reveals Biden mass migration plan, offers broad scale release mechanisms. Breitbart, Mayorkas, leaked Title 42 plan, ensure migrants get any way to stay Breitbart, West Texas border agents find adult migrants posing as children. Just the news Border Patrol Union warns cartels are going to control our borders when Biden lifts Title 42. Epic Times, Texas governor directs state to bus or fly illegal immigrants to D.C. as Title 42 ends. Epic Times, Texas AG backs governor's policy of sending migrants to Washington. Epic Times. DHS giving cell phones to illegal border crossers. White House. Fox. California Democrat bill appears to allow illegal immigrants to become police officers. That makes a lot of sense there. That makes a lot of sense. Liberty One. Mexico outraged at the number of Americans crossing their border. Yes, you heard right. Biden's energy crisis has Americans fleeing south of the border to fill their tanks and Mexico is sick of it. Apparently, Mexico doesn't like the taste of their own medicine. Things are so bad under Biden that Americans have resorted to getting their gas in Mexico. Reuters reported that Mexico wants America to handle their gas guzzling border hoppers. Mexico, which has been subsidizing gasoline to soften price spikes, said on Saturday the policy would not apply in the U.S. border region this week, citing shortages as more Americans drive south to fill their tanks. The suspension of the subsidy from April 2 through 8 covers cities in the border states of eight border cities, including Tijuana, one of the world's busiest border crossings. Mexico's finance ministry said in a statement there was a gasoline shortage in the area from an imbalance between supply and demand. On TikTok, Julio Vaquero, a resident of San Diego, just 17 miles from the border, posted a video showing how he filled up his Honda Civic in Tijuana for $40. He told the BBC that one week later it cost him $70 to fill up in California. Mr. Vaquero tends to visit every other month, but he said if prices keep going the way they are, he's going to start making weekly trips to Mexico for cheaper petrol. AP: Wind Energy Company kills 150 eagles in the United States and pleads guilty. A subsidiary of one of the largest US providers of renewable energy pleaded guilty to criminal charges and was ordered to pay over $8 million in fines and restitution after at least 150 eagles were killed at its wind farms in 8 states, federal prosecutors said. You know, every time you come up with something green, it ain't so green. It's always a bad idea. In addition to those deaths, the company acknowledged the deaths of golden and bald eagles at 50 wind farms affiliated with ESI and Next Era since 2012. Birds were killed in eight states, Wyoming, California, New Mexico, North Dakota, Colorado, Michigan, Arizona, and Illinois. Almost all of the eagles killed were struck by the blades of wind turbines. Some turbines killed multiple eagles, and because the carcasses are not always found, officials said the number killed was likely higher than the 150 birds cited in court documents. Next Extra said the company didn't seek permits because it believes the law didn't require them for unintentional bird deaths. Well, apparently it does. Now you get a permit to kill bald eagles and golden eagles. It's crazy. From Get Pocket, wind turbine blades can't be recycled, so they're piling up in landfills. A wind turbine's blades can be longer than a Boeing 747 wing. So, at the end of their lifespan, they can't just be hauled away, First, you need to saw through the lissom fiberglass using a diamond-encrusted industrial saw to create three pieces small enough to be strapped to a tractor trailer. The municipal landfill in Casper, Wyoming is the final resting place of 870 blades whose days making renewable energy have come to an end. The severed fragments look like bleached whale bones nestled against one another. Tens of Thousands of aging blades are coming down from steel towers around the world, and most have nowhere to go but landfills. In the United States alone, about 8,000 will be removed in each of the next four years. Europe, which has been dealing with the problem longer, has about 3,800 coming down annually through at least 2022. It's going to get worse. Most were built more than a decade ago, when installations were less than a fifth of what they are now. To prevent catastrophic climate change caused by burning fossil fuels, many governments and corporations have pledged to use only clean energy by 2050. Wind energy is one of the cheapest ways to reach that goal. And it ain't going to happen anyway. Epic times. Biden's sister blames Trump for Hunter Biden's legal problems. <laughs> Epic Times, California looks to reduce weekly work hours to 32. You want to mess up a state that's already messed up even worse? This is how you do it. California legislatures proposed a new bill that would allow employees of bigger companies to work fewer hours in a week without losing any income, which critics said would be a job killer. From Bongino, Al Sharpton, this is Al Sharpton saying this. We put Democrats in power. And now I can't afford the life I'm living. Tough. You did the voting, you can suffer. Zero hedge. Pentagon report claims UFOs left radiation burns and unaccounted for pregnancies after encounters. I can see it now. Just watch all of the lunatics out there come up with videos about how the Nephilim are going to take over the planet because aliens are impregnating women. Insane. The world has gone crazy, but there is hope. There is hope in this world, despite every bad thing that you're reading about right now. That hope is especially highlighted on Sunday. Every year we have Resurrection Day. It's the day that Jesus Christ came out of the grave. It's the most wonderful moment in human history. Death has been swallowed up in victory because of what Jesus Christ did. I would hope that you would consider this. If you're not a churchgoer, I would ask you to go to church or attend online with the Superior Word on Sunday and listen to the sermon. Don't just listen to these updates, which are not going to edify you at all. They're just going to tell you what's going on in the world, and then the news is going to change next week. Understand what Jesus Christ did. He is the hope for all of humankind. He is the one that lived the life perfectly that you and I cannot live. He is the one that is the sinless son of God. And he gave that precious life up in exchange for our sins. He died for our sins. He was buried and he rose again, proving that he is God and proving that he had no sin. That's what Jesus Christ did for us. He went into the grave with our sin. It says in the Bible that he became sin who knew no sin that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And because he did this, we now are free from the debt of sin that we once bore. We are no longer imputed sin because we are in a new covenant. And because of that, because our sins are forgiven and we are no longer being imputed sin, it means that you have attained eternal life. It's not something that you need to hope for any longer or that you might lose. You have obtained it through the shed blood of Jesus Christ and through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Please consider this believe the gospel message, call out to Jesus to forgive you of your sins, and you will be reconciled to God forever and ever, and your destiny will go from the lake of fire to eternal paradise in the presence of God. This is what I would ask you to consider today. So, from Sarasota, Florida, to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett, and that is your midweek CG Prophecy Report.